This is a Grand Slamming Padres podcast featuring Dom DeRosa to talk about your San Diego Padres. What is going on, San Diego? Fire faithful. It's a tough day. Never wanted to speak about this on the podcast already. It's a much deeper run than I think we all would have thought, but the 2022 San Diego Padres have officially been eliminated from postseason contention. A team that was three potential wins away from reaching the World Series still feels like a dream, this run that they went on, but it's a tough, 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 tough pill to swallow right now if you're a fan just knowing how this all went down. Now, I want to give a lot of kudos and respect and congratulations to the Philadelphia Phillies. Underdogs for sure, just like we were in our bracket. And they were playing hot baseball. They were not phased one bit. And they just played better baseball at the end. They're World Series bound. First World Series appearance since 2009. Last time they won was 2008. It's unfortunate that we couldn't go there. But there were some flaws and there were some obstacles that we could not overcome and which this team has to learn. Definitely for sure next year. Going to go through a lot. It's not going to be easy, but listen, before I get into it, I just want to say we are going to 100% keep the faith with this team, man. For all that has happened this year, for all the haters, for all the situations when it came to no Tatis Jr. in the beginning of the season already, with the motorcycle injury, when it came to Tatis' suspension, when it came to the trade deadline and everything like that, this team still managed to make a run that was unthinkable, unimaginable. No one thought they'd beat the Mets. No one thought anyone, especially the Padres, were going to get past the Dodgers. And they fought as hard as they could in the NLCS. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Playing with our emotions for sure, let alone this series all season long. And there's a lot of questions this offseason, let alone how this series panned out under, under manager Bob Melvin and the team itself. There's a lot of questions to be raised. But we never thought this would have happened. Playoff games included, thankfully, Tatis Jr.'s suspension is only going to be a light amount of games in which we'll go over. So now we're going to finally see next year, unless something stupid happens before the season starts, a Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Manny Machado, big three basically, to which Tatis most likely would be the leadoff kind of guy finally at the helm. And we already strive off hate. Nobody likes us but us. For some reason, a lot of people hate the Padres. They want them to keep sucking like we have for how long? And we're going to strive off that hate. Tatis Jr. is going to strive off that hate. we got to cheer him every step of the way. So this episode is going to be mainly about what the upcoming free agency looks like. What the Padres can do to upgrade. Kind of lightly skim over it. And then talking about Tatis Jr. and the Padres throughout this series. What went wrong in which I personally think Bob Melvin... Unfortunately, 
blew these last two games in which they could have went the other way. We could have been going back to Petco Park with a 2-3-2 format, but it just didn't happen. It didn't happen, and mistakes were made for sure. So I want to start off with what 2023 could look like. We already know Tatis Jr. is going to most likely come back unless something happens here, right? Uh, we hope not for sure. We definitely hope not. But Tatis Jr. right now is looking like our leadoff guy in 2023 with a new look team, a revamped team that we had since August 1st and 2nd thanks to GM AJ Preller. Now some of those trades were definitely sucky in which Mike Clevenger uh, is one free agent to think about this offseason uh, as he is going to be a free agent along with dare I say Sean Mania, all right so we'll get into that but the Padres crazy 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 got a lot of questions though a lot of questions to be asked a lot of upgrades needed you're not going to be a perfect team but there's definitely holes in the offense which I want to discuss so I think the most obvious departure going into 2023 is Will Myers Going to be 32 soon, coming off a $20 million club option. We know he signed that overly priced extension, and we thought he was the future. Panic mode kind of just said, hey, let's get him going. And it hasn't turned out. Definitely an L contract. Listen, Will Myers paying on shots for a bunch of fans was cool and all. Uh, when we beat the Dodgers, which was basically, unfortunately, our World Series uh, in the NLDS. But Will Myers is definitely all out of here. You got to just clean it up right there, get rid of that contract, and just move on. Uh, definitely a big L. Josh Bell is another big name. The switch hitting first baseman that has slugged and actually showed up this postseason, I would say, for the most part. Making $10 million right now this year. The market value for his position is just under $19 million. And for a switch hitting first baseman that's, good, that's just 30 years old, he's going to go out. I think he's gone question is, what do the Padres do from here? Do they try and take the risk in having Brandon Drury stay for a cheap deal? Because he's going to be an age, a free agent too? Or what do they do here? Or do they maybe they shock us. Hey, maybe Josh Bell does stay. But I think he will be gone. Uh, and it's unfortunate because I am a huge Josh Bell fan. I think he's a straight up gritty baseball player in every which way. But then, if he leaves... How much do we give, let's say, Drury or someone else and rely on Nonu play first base? Because Cronenworth, he's staying at second for the defensive plays he's made this year. I know he's versatile, but I personally like him at second base. That's what he does. The Crone zone, that's his spot, man. It's it, He's cemented at second base for sure. There's that. Shamanaya. Now look, 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 look. Shamanaya sucked this year, but going into this as well, some of it was on Bob Melvin, I would say. Some of it was. And it just... Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, game four just wasn't it. Shamanaya did not pitch at all in this postseason until game four of the NLCS. That is the 12th game they faced in the postseason. Shamanaya, a former starter... Late in the season, had to skip a start because that's how bad he was doing. I mean, probably the biggest disappointment this year on the Padres squad. He was a very late 
literally spring training late, uh, trade acquisition reunites with manager Bob Melvin. It was like, all right, we got a starter again. We're kind of filled one through five. He's thrown a no-hitter before. Uh, you know, Sean Mania, a lefty too. You really can't go wrong with that, you might think. And that's what I thought this whole time. But Sean Mania, I, I, it's unfortunate, very. And when he had that skip start, that was basically it for him. That that was it. Once once that happens, man, you lose your confidence in every which way. He posted the highest ERA in his career at 4.96. Gave up 155 hits and 158 innings. Yeah, I know he's old school. He doesn't throw heat. He doesn't blow by you. He puts the ball in play. But it just wasn't working. Nothing was working for him this year. And with that being said, San Diego has a lot of questions. You know, what was at first our really good pitching, it's like, let's take a step back and realize, hang on a minute, we got a team right now that is wondering what the four and five are going to be. Because I think we know, and look, following next year and the year after, I know it's long days away and we got to take it one year at a time, but you Darvish, Blake Snell, What's going to happen to them? Joe Musgrove is the only one that's locked up right now. So, eh, it ain't looking so hot right now at all. Going back to Sean Manai, Just nothing was working for him. His changeup that he's thrown successfully in the past was hit at, th- at just above a 300 mark at 301 this year. He threw it 609 times. It's just, he wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. That changeup was getting slugged at a 528 rate. And that was the pitch that really hurt him. It really was. Big heavy on the sinker guy. Didn't throw as many sliders as he did last year either. So he's basically a two-pitch pitcher with the sinker changeup mix. It just wasn't sexy. There was no oomph to it. And I feel like he was predictable. As a lefty on the mound, whenever he faced righties, try to jam him in. If he misses a spot, which all he had to do, throwing it away, hitters are going to take it to opposite field or anything like that. And just rally on that. So, wasn't the best. It, it, it wasn't the best pitch. Yeah, his put away, it was his put away pitch at just like 22%, but which has been a significant increase over 2021 with that change up at 18%. But it just wasn't, it was do or die. It was either a hit or a strikeout. Didn't really get those punch outs this year, really didn't eat innings either. So it just didn't help. So like, if he wasn't getting the strikeout, he wasn't getting those quick outs either. He was just getting hit hard. Hitters were working his pitch count. Gave up 29 homers this year. That was a career high. He looked like Garrett Cole, but in a lefty. It just wasn't it, wasn't it, man. And everyone has their bad year, but I'm sorry. For a contending team, you have one year to prove yourself, in my opinion, when you come to the team and you're an upcoming free agent. If you don't, what makes us want to re-sign you? What makes us want to re-sign you? We got to look for improvement. We really do. It's just... And this was the issue. It's just like... Would you want Sean Mania to come in in an elimination game? Not me. Not me. Not at all. I'm sorry. But listen. I'll say this quickly. 
when you're put in a deficit where you're down 2-1 at the time on the road, you got to rely on the bullpen. Because Clevenger, excuse my language, shit the bed. I mean, absolutely was awful, and we'll go into him very shortly. Sean Manaya hasn't pitched once this postseason, yet you want to bring him in. It's like Melvin gave up. We've seen this with the Mets in Game 2 that I unfortunately had to go to, where he saved his best for last. Okay, it's a best of three. Dodgers, alright, if we're losing, boom. Doesn't put in the best of guys, puts in Steven Wilson, Adrian Warner-Hone, who are still learning, they're young, uh, anything like that. Saves up Luis Garcia, Josh Hader, Robert Suarez, Nick Martinez for later on in bigger situations. But listen, it's now your first best of seven. You gotta go out there and play. You gotta fight. You gotta fight, because this is elimination. It's the Phillies who are playing red hot right now, and you don't want to do anything to give them momentum. Yet, that happened. Sean Manaya was just awful this whole season. I'm sorry, it just wasn't it. I really can't remember a dominant, I mean dominant, start he had this year. So, hey, not everyone's capable. It's it's a tough one. You got to try and move on. See what free agents are out there, maybe. Or maybe you trade off. We know AJ Preller can shock the world. We do. I mean, listen. It might cost money, but this team isn't afraid to spend it. We know that. We got to focus on Juan Soto. But I'll give you a glimpse of something before I get into like Mike Clevenger, etc. Carlos Rodon came off a non-injury prone year. He's 30 years old. He had 11.1 war. He can potentially opt out of his deal with the San Francisco Giants. Another lefty, but a very more capable lefty. Let's say no injuries. I know it's a big risk, but he is a very good ball player. He found he he peaked late in his career. He peaked late, but hey, as long as you peak at the right time, I'll take it. Guy's got a fantastic fastball that zips out of his hand. Great, phenomenal slider. He can go with the curve. Radon's nasty. Aaron Nola, it's a club option. Who knows what's going to happen there? Listen, I know it's a rivalry, but Clayton Kershaw, he's going to be a free agent at 35. He's obviously going to be a Hall of Famer with a Mickey Mouse World Series ring experience. Uh, Jacob DeGrom can opt out of his deal. How much money is he going to want? I'm just going through the list. Nathan Avaldi, Chris Bassett. Tyler Anderson, Justin Verlander has a player option. I can keep going. The starting pitching is pretty loaded, this free agency. And hey, maybe you don't get a big ace like Rodon, but what if you got guys that can fill in two of those last two spots? Martin Perez came off a phenomenal year with Texas, despite those guys having a that bad year. Taiwan Walker, come on, just think about it. There are names. There are options. And the Padres are going to have to strongly consider it. And I think they have to consider two. Unless they do one and bring one back somehow. But I would not. I don't think I'd approve that. I really don't. Now, I want to skip over to Mike Clevenger. One of the last starting pitchers, it looks like here. That's going to be an upcoming free agent. It's a big one. And then I'll go into some others. This might be a long, lengthy episode. But listen, guys. <laughs> got to get the contact out there to you guys. It's tough that we've been eliminated, but we just got to keep our chins up. Everything like that. Mike Clevenger making $8.5 million. 
No player option, no club option, just a straight-up free agent at about to be 32 as well. All right, Clevenger, just very unfortunate, man. I was scared about this because of injuries in his past, and I was a huge Cal Quattro fan when he was with us. I really was. I'm glad we kept some of the guys that we've had. You know, farm systems are always retainable. I feel like when people want to, like, crap on, hey, you ruin your farm system— we know what AJ Proler can do. This 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 team can definitely build up on that again. We still have some of the good prospects that I can very high towards. But listen, getting rid of Cal Quantrill, who's just so dominant with Cleveland, and they know how to do their pitching so well, it just hurts to see that. We got rid of Hedges, Owen Miller, etc. It's just like, mmm, Cleverger. I don't. I'm never a fan of these injury prone guys. I'm not. And Clevenger just wasn't it. He wasn't it. I mean, 23 games this year. Thought he was never going to pitch again. Only played four games in 2020. Four starts to be exact. This year, 114 in the third innings, 102 hits allowed. Obviously, his biggest downfall was in, uh, let's see. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. I think we all know what that is. Yeah, the game that Shamanaya came in as well. Game four of the NLCS. Mike Clevenger comes in after we scored four runs. And I even had a feeling because the Phillies have just been that good as of late and I tipped my cap, but I even had a feeling. None of us wanted Clevenger on that mound. And he comes in and doesn't even record one batter out. Gives up three hits, three earned runs, one walk, no strikeouts, and he comes out without giving it out. Unbelievable. Unreal. Unreal. And then the game, the floodgates open, and then the Phillies won, despite Juan Soto hitting a go-ahead two-run homer, everything like that. It, that That's when I knew the series was over. Real talk, that's when I knew. Clevenger, 15 pitches, didn't get one out. Nick Martinez goes three innings. 43 pitches, 27 for strikes, gave up no hits, no walks, struck out three with that beautiful changeup he's got. He's also an upcoming free agent. And yet we take him out to put in Shamanaya. Nick Mart Bob, Bob, I, Bob. Credit to you for bringing us to the NLCS. Jace Tingler would sh be shaking in his boots right now. Yeah. But, like, why take out Nick Martinez when he's been a starter before? When he's been coming in the bullpen before. When he's been closing games before. This guy has been the most impressive Padre that we didn't expect. And the most versatile on the mound in any given situation. He throws 43 pitches. He's basically our Nabil Krizma 2.0. And you decide to just take him out to put in Shamanaya. Who has not pitched at all in this postseason. Against a pretty righty-heavy lineup, too. With Castellanos, Reese Hoskins. I know they got Schwarburn, Harper, but they got great eyes. They can walk. Sean is not going to blow it by you. Yet Nick Martinez's changeup was magnificent. He was doing fine. And we pull him. And put more strain on the pen, excluding Sean and that's that and then you just like give up and you put in guys like Steven Wilson and Morahone to go into tomorrow. 
and a game that we had the lead twice. Twice. That was one of the big mistakes right there that Bob Melvin made. Off. Mm, it's just so tough because Melvin, this is no hard feelings. Like I love you as a manager. I love the way you talk to the the press. I think you're going to handle the Tatis situation great next year in the clubhouse, trying to tell him what to expect into next year, getting him back on his feet, getting his feet wet. But man, oh man, were you outplayed as a manager in this NLCS. Man, you... Oh my gosh. And we should have been swept. Yeah, game two was electric. You guys were awesome. Thank you very much for all the support in every which way. But we were we were down. We had to make a huge ass comeback. And then game three. Listen, all is on the line. I don't care if it's an elimination game or not. You gotta go into the postseason with a roster that you can trust. Don't just put guys in there to relieve you to save your best arms for the next day. I know I kind of talked highly about that before, but it's also at the same time that concerns me. You got to have a team that you are confident with your gut, not the analytics, your gut, putting in absolutely anyone in any situation right there. Boom. Hey, let's go. Get in there right now. Show us what you got. Rather than kind of cherry picking your way and saying, oh, well, we're down two runs. Let me put in my worst guys. No, you got to still put in your best effort all 27 outs, whether you're on the pitching mound or whether you're in the batter's box. That's it. It's that simple. And the fact that you put in Sean Manaya, who, oh my gosh, man, I know we're all human. I do know that. And we have the right to. We were outplayed in this NLCS. Credit to the Phillies. Yes, big time. 100%. They just played better than us. They outmanaged us with Rob Thompson, who got an extension that's well-deserved. Bob's going to learn from this, and we got to learn from this as a team. They got to look back and understand they can't be doing that and getting away with it. You can't be playing from behind. You can't be just the rally boys all the time. You got to assert dominance. You do. Anyways, going back to Mike Clevenger. Wow, I really went off track. But don't worry, I will be going into the games. Going back to Mike Clevenger. uh, Awful. Awful. Not only that, listen, you have your bad days. I know he's disappointed with himself. It doesn't help mentally for his case. But, like, dude, he's injury prone. Mr. Sunshine isn't the same like he was with the Cleveland Indians. Getting 200 plus strikeouts, being that dominant guy. He just looks readable, too. He's not really that fast-paced guy. He kind of takes his time. And we know with certain pitchers like Blake Snell, they just got to go. Not even think. Just go right back into their windup and go. Boom, 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 boom. Pitch after pitch. And that just didn't happen. Clevenger, if he leaves, we definitely got to look for a replacement. And here's the deal. We got some guys that are questionably starters that are going to be free agents, a.k.a. The most valuable pitcher that we, I think, did not assume in Nick Martinez. Little uh, airbender of San Diego rather than the Devin Williams of Milwaukee over here. Nick Martinez comes back after being with Texas, failing, goes overseas, does great, builds a fantastic changeup. Honestly, a fantastic repertoire of pitches. Nick Martinez, 32 years old. Six and a half million, it's a player option. What's he going to do here? 
Nick Martinez is nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. I'm a huge fan. Um, he was obviously, I think we're all huge fans. Besides, well, not as we speak of Robert Suarez, but I think we all get the deal here. When it comes down to it, Nick Martinez started off for us for any kind of injuries that plagued the San Diego Padres squad. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No one ever expected that. And here's my fear. I will give something out here. As a starter, Nick Martinez was a little scary because he was a little hittable. But he built off a great role in the bullpen. He obviously closed a little bit at times when Josh Hader especially was struggling once we got him. It was looking alright. It was looking alright. In 2022, I mean, he's got the signature changeup. He threw that 439 times this year. Opponents were only batting 155, and they were slugging just 264 off that. So that's fantastic. The four-seam can use some work, but he's relied more on the off-speed. A little bit of change of direction with the cutter. His fastball was just getting hit a little bit hard. Stayed away from it more. Relied on contact. Obviously had huge double plays because he puts the ball in play rather than getting the big punch out. And that, that helps in a big, big, big way. Relied more on that cutter. Also that curveball. He's got that sinker. He's very, very versatile with his pitches. Not two pitch mixer. Nothing like that. So that's also his value besides what he can do with the bullpen. Besides what he can do as a starter or a closer. Nick Martinez. What's he going to do? I feel like he loves us to where I love his energy every time he gets a big play or the defense makes a big play. Brings a big, loud of shoutness and energy right there. Hopefully, we sign him maybe to like an 8 to $9 million deal. I know it's a lot of money, but hey, remember, if injuries start happening, he's going to be the first person we start looking to as a starter, an emergency starter. He's the pitcher... Of Jake Cronenworth per se. Jake Cronenworth is like our emergency guy. In any kind of situation. Nick Martinez is that guy. Besides Nabil Krizmat. On the pitching end of things. And he came up big. In which Bob Melvin. Pulled him I think way too early. Way too early. I think he could have went another two innings. With how he was going with that changeup. So Nick Martinez. An upcoming free agent. Definitely a guy we have to look to get back. He's going to look to get the bag. And rightfully so. Question is, how much are we going to offer? Because we need him back. And I think this team definitely knows that. Jerkson Profar. He could potentially come back. He could potentially leave. He's had a, a career-high 70-plus walk. 72 to 73. Mistake me if I'm wrong. Making $8.3 million player option. His market value at left field is going for just under $15 million. Now, Profar... At 29, going to be 30, switch hitter, has been fantastic as our leadoff guy with the absence of Fernando Tatis Jr. Really, really has. I'm a fan of Profar. Obviously, he's got that big smile. He's had great plays in defense, mainly in left field. I really like, I like it, man. But there's a lot of questions to be asked. There are. Do you want to bring back Profar and question what's going to happen in the long run? Or what's going to happen here? Do you think that Tatis Jr. is going to be going and saying, hey, I got to play outfield now because that's where this team wanted me. And that's it. It's the end of Profar. I wouldn't like that. I think Profar is a very important bat here. 
and important player just in this clubhouse. For real. I, I think that this guy showed he was capable of at least helping out this team, being the significant kind of leadoff guy for us besides Hassan Kim, which I didn't really approve of that. And with Hassan Kim's defense and his defensive war being up top on this team, does he stay at shortstop and does what what happens to Jerickson Profar? Or maybe even Trent Grisham gets booted aside as a bench bat or nothing. But Profar really helped his career revive with this team. Former first pick and everything just hasn't lived up to any expectations. Isn't the best hitter, but hey, career high, 73 walks. I mean, his previous career high was 54. I know walks are not everything, and then it comes to a point where you just literally sit back and wait for your pitch a little too much. But Profar, he's had some big hits, especially earlier this year. You got to be careful. Hopefully, if he stays with us, great. If he decides to opt out and test the market, what do you do? I personally think he's going to stay. I think he likes this team too much. Back when he signed this extension in an interview, always had that smile. I think he's excited. I think he's thankful for this uh, this team giving him this opportunity to still be playing and having this job. So I think he stays. Let me know what you guys think, but that is another one. We're almost done here. I'm only going into the really important names. I'm going to go with two more, and then we're going to move on. Robert Suarez. We all hate his guts right now. I'm sorry. We do. It reminds us of Game 1 of 162 against the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's for sure. We could say that. But uh, Robert Suarez, player option. $5 million straight off the bat. What happens to him? Does he test the back market? Or does he say, hey, let me stay with this team because I was such a key piece. And I'm a rookie at 30 plus years old. What happens? He had nasty stuff. The fourth scene, he actually knows how to blow up by guys except for guys named Bryce Harper. Yep. Yep. And we're going to go over that too. I think that'll be the next thing I go over actually. Uh, yeah, nasty stuff. He's got the sinker. He's got the changeup. Really a three-pitch pitcher. Doesn't throw much else with the cutter and curveball too much. Suarez was a key piece besides Nick Martinez. Definitely. And... With these two being free agents, we can't rely too much heavily on Luis Garcia and Josh Hader, in which we know he's a three-batter pitcher. So, what happens? Does he test the market, or does he stay and also kind of say, all right, one year down, let me just stay with this team and contribute a little bit more? Who knows? Last one is Brandon Drury. Drury, 30 years old. $900,000. Just going to be a straight up free agent. Market value for him. He's versatile. $6.5 million. Question is, what do you do? Do you try and take Bell? Or is Drury going to want that kind of money? And if so, where do you put Drury? First base, second base, DH, what do you do? Also question is, if Josh Bell leaves, what happens at first slash DH option? That's another one. So now, 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 before we get into Tatis Jr., Let's get into the Padres elimination game. I want to get this over with, this piece. Because why not? Why not? Elimination game, keep in mind. In Philadelphia, keep in mind. Here we go. The San Diego Padres on August 1st traded for Josh Hader. Unreal. The best closer in baseball, in my opinion. Not even being biased. I think we all knew this when he was a brewer too. 
best closer in baseball. All right. We got him locked up for another year or so, two years, right? Great. Great, great, great. Elimination game. Everything's on the line. On the road. We got to pitch from behind like we mean it. Because guess what? You dug yourselves this hole. You got to get out of it. Stop being so conservative, Mr. Bob Melvin, as much as I respect you. And go in there and just do what you got to do. I mean, come on. You traded for this guy for big moments. And you have to deliver in those big moments with the big time players. So, in this game, we somehow took the lead. It all started with a Hoskins two-run homer off Darvish, a hanging slider on a piece of rope, and I was like, all right, here we go. We're off to a fantastic start in the bottom of the third. And then Soto hit an absolute bomb off Zach Wheeler, who yet again dealed against us. But Soto, he had some key hits, whether in this series. So he, he'll be back, give him a full year. He's going to be totally fine. Then the rain kicks in. All right. Next thing you know, Sir Anthony Dominguez comes in, can't find the strike zone. When he does, Josh Bell... Switches places with Jay Cronenworth. He doubles. Ties the game 2-2. We're going bonkers in Peco Park from the watch party. So that's pretty sick. And then next thing you know. A few wild pitches. Three. Three? Three. Three or two. Anyway, I forget because that inning was going crazy. Azacard pinch uh, ran for Josh Bell. Wild pitch led him to third. I think it was two. And then next thing you know. Another wild pitch that JT Romuto couldn't block. Boom, brought him home. Next thing you know, we're 3-2. It's like, oh my goodness, nine outs to go. Nine outs. Then, then it happened. I had to tweet nine more outs to go. Maybe that was all me. I I don't even know at this point. So, nine more outs to go at this point. And it's like, what are we going to do? Darvish stays in. Bryson Stott leads off with a double. It was a hanging pitch. Not the best pitch from Darvish at all. In which he was too much on the breaking stuff. And then Suarez was too much on the fastballs. Especially to Mr. Bryce Harper himself. So a double happens. And we get out of that inning somehow. It's like alright. I don't even know. Suarez. There's an on-field delay. Suarez comes in. You got JT Romuto, Bryce Harper, and Nick Castellanos. Do up. Alrighty. Alright. 0-2, JT Romuto singles. It was a good piece of hitting on another breaking pitch that hung. Bryce Harper comes in, who has been absolutely red hot. I mean, absolutely red hot. And next thing you know, you got the best hitter on the planet. And in my opinion, one of the best players in the world. In my opinion right now, actually, the best player in the majors because Mike Trout has been suffering injuries. Harper, the plate discipline from this guy, everything. And he's a lefty. Incredible. Incredible what he can do, especially at home in Citizens Bank. Incredible. I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to agree with Jake Peavy. But I also don't agree with Jake Peavy. And two things. Two things. I don't, It doesn't make sense, but hear me out. So, Suarez, with no outs, runner on first. Go ahead and run at the plate. And the best hitter you could think of in Bryce Harper. Righty versus the lefty. Suarez, despite being a late bloomer, is still considered a rookie in the majors. Has never pitched in the majors. Bryce Harper lives for big moments like this. Josh Hader is warming up in the bullpen. It's the bottom of the 8th, keep in mind, not the ninth. Our closers in the 8th, warming up. A lefty. Suarez, I did not like this sequence one bit. 
fastball, boom. I know he can throw heat, but hey, all these hitters, especially in the majors like Bryce Harper, can catch up to that within the blink of an eye. Harper has tremendous opposite field power, keep in mind. So, Suarez away, heater, whether it's taken, boom, pitch, ooh, swung at, foul, foul, made contact, foul. All right. He throws a really good changeup at 90 that Harper just was, it was a better take. And I was like, this at-bat's not going to go well. It was too much away where Harper knew where to take it. You go a little bit late on that timing on that fastball, and bang, opposite field power. It's no question Harper's going to get that. Why not go inside? You got to challenge. You got to bring the hands in. I know Harper's a great hitter. But this team has to look back at that film and realize way too much was away. Nothing was in. Nothing. And it was heat away. It wasn't like breaking pitches and everything. It was just, I think there was one to two breaking pitches. Everything else in that seven to eight pitch at bat was fastballs away. Up and away, down and away. And then the one that he gave up the homer to, basically the game winning hit, was just too much of a plate, middle away. And Harper just took it. Opposite field, that was it. I was not a fan of the pitch sequence more than not having Hader in. And I get it. You want to have a veteran that's one of the best in the game, especially when Hader has been red hot, striking out the last eight eight batters he's faced, right? Having guys chase. But at the same time, Robert Suarez has been phenomenal. You know how many like pickles he's been getting us out of? Like, come on, you gotta understand that. It was the sequence I didn't like. I don't know who was making the calls, whether it was Nola, Melvin, the pitching coach, I don't know. But it was that, that they gotta look back on and understand it wasn't it. It wasn't it. Harper was sitting red dead fastball. You gotta challenge. Anyone can hit the fastball, but hey, man, you throw some off speed in there, you gotta challenge him with that. You really do. I mean, Suarez, that changeup, yeah, it was a great take and everything. But hitters have only hit 172, and they've only slugged 178 off that. That's off 168 regular season pitches. And to lefties, he threw that 125 times compared to righties at 43. That is crazy. Crazy. The fastball just wasn't it. I didn't like the pitch selection at all. Just, ah, man... I mean, my my heart broke when that happened. And it was just, they got to learn. They got to learn. Suarez, you have been fantastic this year. Keep your head up, man. It was more on just the pitch sequence itself. You can't pitch like that to Bryce Harper. You cannot. Now, you may question, what do you do when it comes down to this? Do you bring in the lefty Josh Hader? And then next thing you know, all right, you bring in another guy to try and close it out? Maybe so. I wouldn't have minded that one bit. I really wouldn't have, but listen, man, you never know. At the end, I respect that Melvin trusted his gut and he trusted his player and Robert Suarez that has been fantastic this season, let alone this postseason. We all know the big strikeout double play he did in LA and so much more. It's just that pitch and that pitch sequence wasn't it at all. And that cost the game, unfortunately. That cost the game. It, it, it hurts. It hurts. Because now it's just a question of what would have been. Potentially. So. There's that. Now. 
We're going to skip over finally to Fernando Tatis Jr. Luckily enough, the postseason was included with his suspension. His 80-game suspension. Crazy how it's been time flying already. So, here's what happened. August 12th, suspended. I believe including that night, he was suspended. So, there's already a game tacked off. August 12th, all the way through October 23rd. That is crazy. He has already served, I believe, 60 to 61 games or 59 to 60 games. Anyway, that's a lot compared to what if they lost to the Mets and that would have been an additional 12 to 15. Uh, Yeah, it's a lot of games that he served. So luckily enough, Tatis Jr. only has to serve 20 to 21 games next year. I'm hearing that he'll be back on April 20th of 2023. That is fantastic news. Now, let's hope. We don't know what's going to happen. But, hey, that's much better than a May to June return. And look, we did this without him. Because we just showed how much of a complete team we are. We just showed what we could do in free agency. And, uh, not free, I'm sorry. Well, trade deadline acquisitions. And that's that's what delivered. This team was complete. They built off chemistry and everything now. So that's a benefit right there. That really is. So Fernando Tatis Jr. hopefully coming back very soon. It's going to be nice. He's obviously the spark, let alone the spark that Manny was this year. Soto. That big three is going to be fun to watch. So we got to keep... I think we keep forgetting, like, we ha- we want to bring back power. And, like, Josh Bell, even Drury, who had a career year. But, like, at the same time... Tatis Jr. is coming back, and that's scary with how much this guy can slug. And then you have Soto, then you have Manny. If that's the one, two, three, holy crap. Yeah, I know it looks good on paper, but like, Doug, holy crap. That's fantastic of a team because we know what the team can do. We'll be back, man. We'll be back. So now the question is what do we do when it comes to these guys? So it's club options, player options, non options. And what do we do with free agents? Where do we need to improve? I'll talk into this further down the road, much more specifically. And I think this offseason, if no big news happens right away, which we don't expect until like December or anyway, we're going to do a player breakdown or a player's breakdown every episode. We're going to try and keep up the content for sure every week for you guys. Content never dies, even though the season does. And we're going to go into what this team can use and how this team can benefit off a certain player in free agency or anything like that. Catcher definitely has to improve. No doubt in my mind. Listen, listen. Hear me out. Having Austin Nola as like the other Nola brother is really fun and all. Makes a great story, especially in this NLCS matchup. Right? It's fun. It's, It's great. But Austin Nola being our starting catcher who's allowed a stolen base percentage of 875 is just absolutely pathetic. And you're giving up stolen bases to guys like Kyle Schwarber in the NLCS. That does not help either. It doesn't. So they need improvement. Question is, do they go and then they finally move on and make Luis Campusano or highly touted prospect the guy and make Jorge Alfaro the backup, I think that'll be perfect. Or that they go out there and get a big name and stunt the growth and potentially trade Campusano. Because here's my fear, unknown pitchers, but there are pitchers that have said on the Padres 
roster that they hate and they'll never want to pitch to Campusano. Despite being really successful with Musgrove, as we've seen, he calls a great game. He's working on his blocking. He's actually pretty solid. He's a big boy behind there, and I think he's got a lot of potential. I really do. Or do they go out there and get a guy that's Wilson Contreras who's got a 5.5 war? He's just above 30 years old at 31 now. Do they go out there and try and get a guy like a power hitter that's like Mike Zunino? I don't want that. I think the Padres got to somehow get rid of Nola and trade him to wherever he may go and just move on from there. Another question is going to be in center. Does Tatis play there? What does Trent Grisham do? And it makes things a little more complicated that he got hot this postseason, except for the NLCS with the bottom of the order, including Nola. Where do they go from there? Left field, a question mark. Tatis is a question mark of where he is going to play. So there's going to be a lot of interesting things on the field, let alone the pitching on this team. Definitely need for improvement. Got to keep the faith and everything like that. But San Diego, we're going to be back with vengeance. And we're going to be back hungry for more. It's going to be crazy. Give Juan Soto a full season. It's going to be electric, man. No one ever thought we were going to get this far. And Bob Melvin in his first year brings us to the NLCS. Despite some really poor (laughs) managing decisions, we made it here. And I think we're going to be back, man. So, best of luck to the Philadelphia Phillies versus the most likely, as I'm recording this, the game is still going. Houston Astros, I'm going to highly assume. Who will I root for? No tough luck to my Philly friends out there. Got to root for the Astros. And uh, don't have a prediction just yet, but the Yankees are up 2-0 as I speak. So, there's that. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in that series. So, San Diego, keep the faith. We're going to be back better than ever. And uh, keep an eye out for episodes soon on uh, player breakdowns, what we can do in every which way. Hopefully, we improve pretty quickly. We have AJ Preller, the mastermind, get to it. So it's unfortunate this episode had to be said and done now. But man, what a season that we had with all expectations against us and our backs against the wall. So got to just keep all that. (laughs) <laughs> keep all that again like in the back of our minds and understand that you know there's people out there that don't believe in this team make make them wrong so i'll see you guys soon as much as it is tough this team went to the nlcs and fought until every single last out was made